Hi, my name is Sam Williams, and welcome to part one of episode number 140 of my 60 Music Podcast and Millennial Throwback Machine. to welcome all you to part one of episode number 140 of my 60 music podcast the millennial throwback machine i'm sam williams and for those of you who are just now discovering this podcast either on the apple podcast app or in stitcher or in iHeartRadio, google play music or on spotify and you're wondering so what the heck is i'm just give you a boot description what the show is all about okay so i'm sam williams and i'm a 25 year old songwriter slash producer but I'm also a huge 60 music fan slash expert slash nerd. And uh, each week of this podcast, I take one song by one artist in 60 and split the show in two parts. First part, so I'll talk about my opinion on the song and why I think it's so good or why I think it sucks. Then do my own personnel, so on the arrangement of the song, which will include the chords, the lyrics. And the second part, show dig deep into the history behind that track. And that part, show talk about who wrote the song, who produced it, what studio the song was recorded at, who, who originally recorded the song first, if it was a cover. And the history behind the artists that wrote the record the song, and the writers that wrote it, and the producers produced it, and the musicians that played on it, and the history behind the studio the song was recorded at, where the studio is located at, and the history behind label songs released on the peak just song made up originally built with Hot One Charts when first came out, and the year and month the song was released. All that is in the second part of the show. Now, before we move on this week's episode of the podcast, I just wanted to say that I hope you guys are enjoying my EP that just came out last weekend. Uh, if you haven't heard it yet, please go do so. Um, it's on. It's you can find it wherever you can stream music. It's called Turquoise Apricot Concert and my new stage name Sam L. Williams. Now, what you're gonna find there are five new original songs plus two re-recorded versions of old songs I wrote back in 2013. I recorded back in 2013, 2014. So, um, I would love if you guys to hear those songs. Uh, you know, it's all new material for me, and it's obviously going to be new to you if you haven't heard them yet so i uh, would love it if you guys could listen to those songs um you can eat and if you, and if you want please let me know what you think of these songs i really want to hear your thoughts and opinions on them uh so please email me at samltwilliamicloud.com or you can also reach out to me on instagram at iheartoldies and uh you know i would really appreciate if you guys can check out these songs and let me know your thoughts on them let me know if you like them or dislike them or just tell me you know what you think of my, you know, of the songs in general and my musicianship and my playing. And yeah, I mean, you know, this is, you know, what you're hearing on these songs are me playing most instruments and me doing the producing and me calling all the shots. I mean, all I did is had someone mix and master it, but other than that, it's all me. So, you know, and you're also hearing my perspective on relationships too, which is different from a lot of other people's because when you hear a lot of songs these days, you hear songs about people being in toxic relationships or them, you know, being in love with someone that loves them back and, you know, and just that whole thing, you know, where it's like, it's, it's like you hear the same sort of songs over and over and over again. But, um, uh, my songs don't necessarily take on that, uh, that, uh, you know, perspective. A lot of them are about other things like rejection and being put in the friend zone and just the struggles of trying to get into a relationship versus, you know, just being in one already or being in a toxic relationship already, which is not me. That's just definitely not me. 
you know, and uh, yeah, I mean, also stylistically, these songs are all different musically. Um, you know, we got the psychedelic rock song and you've got the sort of British invasion song and you got the sort of American sound studio style song and you've got sort of an R&B song and more of an early 60s pop song. So they all different. They're all very different stylistically, but they all tie into the 60s. So please go listen to it. Um there's a possibility that for episode 150, I actually might do one of my songs because if you guys aren't going clicking on the links to the description of this episode of this podcast to listen to my music, then I might actually cover one of my songs on my podcast that just came out so that way you guys can actually hear it, you know, so um, that might be something I'll do really soon. And uh, yeah, so. Um, other than that, uh, no updates as far as the Pantheon, me moving the Pantheon yet. Um, I know I'm definitely interested. I'm just waiting to hear back from them because I asked them some questions about certain things uh, about about me joining their network that I need them to answer before I uh, jo- join up with them. But just remember that it's going to happen soon. Um, so I'm very, very excited about that. Um, but yeah, so... Um, you know, definitely, again, you know, please go listen to it. It's very, very exciting. And uh, let's go and get started in this week's show. Alrighty, so let's get started in this week's song, shall we? All right, so here's the thing. So the last couple weeks I've done solo artists. Um, I did one solo artist, and then I did another solo artist. Now, normally, if that happens, I usually switch it up and do a group. You know, it's just I don't like to do back to back to back to back solo artists, you know, because I want to just, you know, my my goal with this podcast is to really, you know, show you guys a variety of music from the 60s and, you know, just show you guys that it was much more than just the Beatles and the Beach Boys and the Stones. And I think I've done a pretty good job of doing that because, uh, you know, I haven't done a Beatles song or a Rolling Stones song or a Beach Boys song or any. Any anything that's uh, you know considered you know well known to the to the masses, I haven't really done any of those songs, which is which I'm very proud of because you know I'm saying that a lot of younger people are tuning into this podcast, and I'm happy that you guys are listening and you're learning about a lot of these uh, songwriters and musicians that you might probably didn't had didn't had no idea existed or didn't even know about. You know, I'm glad I'm teaching you guys about stuff that you just that you just weren't aware of before you listen to this podcast. Uh, so normally, you know, what I do is that um, I what happens is that I would basically, you know, I would do two solo artists and then I do a group. But what happened recently over the weekend when I was recording uh, the part two on Del Shannon um, is that there was another 60s musician that died. And he actually passed away from lung cancer because he was diagnosed with stage four lung cancer, um, you know, just a couple months ago, like literally in March. And it's it's just it's one of those things where it's like he he, he announced his diagnosis and then just it wasn't long before after af- it wasn't long after he announced his diagnosis that he died. So, um, you know, so the thing is, is that you know, with this podcast is that one thing that I like to do on the show sometimes if I can't, because sometimes the timing doesn't necessarily work out that well. But sometimes what I like to do on my podcast is that says that since this show is focused on music from the 60s and a lot of the artists I talk about 
on my show are, you know, now in their late 70s, early 80s. I mean, they were young when they were recording this music, but now they're a little older. And so they're getting to the point in their lives where, you know, they're just kind of nearing the end. I mean, some of them are, well, well, I think a lot of them will be around for quite a while, probably for the next five years, but maybe after five years, they might not be here anymore, you know. So, um, you know, what I like to do sometimes if I can't, is that if an if a 60s artist passed away recently or a 60s group passed away or someone from a 60s group what I'll do is that I'll be I'll pay tribute to them by doing a song that they were that, that's theirs or they were involved with whether that they whether they wrote the song or produced it or played on it but in this case it was an artist named BJ Thomas and he did pass away from lung cancer last weekend so I figured it would be cool if I could pay tribute to him. So that's what I'm doing this week. And, uh, you know, on this week, I'm doing a song by him that you actually might know. Um, this was this was one of his biggest hit songs. Um, but the thing is, is that what most people don't understand about this is that this is the this is the original version of this song. OK, um, you know, because this song, let me put it to you this way. It blew up 100%, especially with younger people, because the cover of this song, which was because the thing is that this song was actually hit twice. So it was first done in 1968 and then it got re-recorded in 19 in the early 1970s, actually probably mid 1970s is more accurate. But uh, a group from Sweden uh, re-recorded this song and did a completely radical interpretation of it, totally different from, you know, the original by B.J. Thomas. And basically they redid it and it became like a totally different song and it just blew up all over again. Well, their version of that song was actually used in a movie uh, called Guardians of the Galaxy. And... It, their, their version just you know it blew up amongst millennials so i i know that you i know that you know the song from if you've ever seen that movie and you know you you hear that song in that movie but this is the original version of it cuz there's cuz the blue sweet covered this song they did not record it originally the original was by bj thomas so that's what i'm doing this week and i hope that you like this original version of the song because this is kind of how this this is how the song started out uh it, it was not meant to be recorded by blue blue swede they just you know did a totally different version of it because the song was already a huge hit in 1968 so essentially what you're about to hear is the original version of the song and that's what i'm covering this week and it was recorded in 68 so um, I'm very excited to talk about this song because it's just incredible. I mean, this is one of those songs that has one of the most powerful vocal performances on the planet. And the chord progression kicks ass. The arrangement's incredible. And I can't wait to dive into this. Okay, so this song came out in September 1968. It's by an artist named BJ Thomas. The name of the song is called Hooked on a Feeling. <laughs> This song is amazing. Holy crap. 
God, this song packs a punch. It's just insane how good this track is. It's just unbelievable. The arrangement is so cool. And everything about it is just, it's insane. I mean, this track is just so good. All right, I'm going to shut up. I'm going to talk about what makes a song so good, both musically and lyrically. But first, let's get into the song's music. Okay, so what is the coolest thing about this song? It's there's 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 a bunch of cool things about it, but probably the coolest part about it is the arrangement. The arrangement is just so how do I describe it? So spacious and so just you know, it's it's one thing to when you when you listen to the song and hear all the different components to it, everything that's going on, and it's just it it blows your mind because. You know the it, it when you hear when you hear this being recorded, it, it's there's such a magical thing about it because you hear everything that's going on. You hear the organ, and then you hear the drums, and then you hear the the hi hat going in the beginning, and then you hear the 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 the, the electric sitar, and then you hear everything kind of just coming together. Especially in the when it gets to the chorus, when you hear the piano come in, and you hear the drums hit on those four on the floor you know snare hits and then hear just everything sort of just and then the other cool part about this song is just the way things open up once you get to the second verse when you hear the strings just really just you know flesh things out so well and then you hear the strings and then you hear some of the horns that are happening once you kind of get to the second verse but you know the the other cool part about this song is just that electric guitar. I mean, it just sounds so amazing. The you know his playing, it's just it, it's the perfect complement to this song, and it's just it's unbelievable how cool this record sounds. Because you know when you listen to it, and you wait and you li- really hear the way th- the, the each instrument is interacting with each other, and you hear the the the, the different things going on, like how. And the verses, you know, the the drummer does the hi hat, and then as soon as he gets to the to the, I guess you would call it the bridge, the solo section, uh, you know, it goes to the ride, and then everything just kind of just opens up so well. Um, but the other interesting thing about this song is that in the pre-chorus, before it gets to the chorus, right, you hear the drummer sort of just uh, once, you know, once once the 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 third pre-chorus comes in before the song fades out before the last chorus. You hear the drummer kind of just, uh, you know, not really play much. He just does a does a slight ride hit, and then he does it just a, and he just kind of just he kind of backs off as everything else kind of takes over with the strings, and then and then you basically in the organ and the guitar, you know, you just you hear everything, and then the drummer kind of backs off, and then he plays and starts playing that four on the floor high you know uh, high hat snare thing again once you kind of get to the, to the last chorus and then he kind of he, he does this twice actually he does it in the last pre-chorus and then he also does it uh during uh the first two verses of the song you know and i think the reason why he did this is because he wanted he didn't want to you know interfere with the everything else that was going on in the song he didn't want to play like you know really really heavy grooves when you've got like a, a full-on string arrangement happening with the strings doing this really cool melody, and then you hear and then you hear all the different things happening with the with the the, the organ and the, and the and the piano and the and the and the bass sort of just playing the chords of the song, 
and then and then you also hear some horn instruments going on too and uh you know playing you know different things you know playing that little melodic part that kind of just complements the chords being played in the song um but another cool part about this song is this, is that really unique percussion instrument that you hear and it's actually it's it's not what you think it is it's a very different sort of percussion sound that you're not used to hearing and um next week i'll talk about exactly what that percussion instrument is but it's a very unique sound that was actually made you know from scratch you know not from anything specific but it was uh it was it was made you know from a it wasn't they didn't use a specific percussion instrument it was kind of just an arts and crafts kind of thing that they just made up in the studio when they were recording the song but it just sounds so cool because you hear it multiple different times in the song and it just sounds amazing you know because it kind of it kind of gives a song a very much like the the thing you have to keep in mind about the arrangement of the song it's very atmospheric it's so wide and it's so big you know and it just sounds incredible and also the recording of the song sounds amazing too you know because you know it might be an old song you know it might be you know from from 1968 but the recording of it sounds so good that you can kind of tell that we were kind of heading into the 70s and the whole stereo separation thing was really starting to kick in and we were you know mono mono was still kind of you know standard by this time because most 45s are being made mono but we were kind of inching out of that and kind of getting the stereo and you can really hear that in the song because the stereo separation on it is so cool too um, you know, cause you can kind of hear that that's kind of where things were going at this time. And we were kind of heading out of the whole sort of, you know, dirty mono sound of the early sixties. And we were kind of heading to something more spacious and more stereo, which was kind of, which is basically what was going on in the late sixties. And I mean, God, this song sounds amazing. And, and look, if you're some, if you're a millennial and you're hearing that, electric sitar and you're like what is that i don't really hear that anymore well you know that's because you know it's it's not a very common instrument you hear these days it's actually an instrument that you know is was really really hot in the late 60s early 70s but once you know that kind of period passed you didn't really hear too much of it um but it's it's a really really cool sounding instrument that is just so you know, again, it has Indian vibes to it, but it just if it has the feeling of that specific time frame, late '60s. And God, I I love the arrangement for the song because it's and also the song is very uplifting too, um, because you know the chord changes are very uplifting as well. Because there's a lot of cool things about the song's chord progression because it's got all the cool modal interchanges. You got that you got that one dominant seven chord, and then you've got you know, and then you've got the four minor, and then you've got that chord again, my favorite chord, actually, uh, you know, that, that minor seven over 11, you know, which is really cool, which is like that B minor seven over E, and then you go to E, and then, and then also in the chord, actually pre-chorus, you got that, uh, you got that major three into the six, and then hear that one dominant seven chord again, and then, you know, it just, the song is just, it's so secular, the chord changes and it, it, it has a familiar familiarity about it to it because you know there there's a couple songs that kind of use the sort of progression 
when it jumps to the one to the five and then the one down in seven and then the four minor four and then back to the back to the root i mean uh there's actually another song from the 60s that uses the exact same chord progression uh walk you know it, it's actually not exactly the same but it's pretty similar it's called walk away renee but um you know it, it uses a very similar chord progression um but still i mean the song is just incredible i love everything about it it's really really cool and uh you know it's it's and again like you know it, it's a very uplifting song you know and i also love those harmonies in the in, in the pre-chorus and the chorus too that's that's so cool those harmonies are just whew, man i mean this record is just it's just it's just great i mean there's no other way to put it um but let's get into the song's lyrics okay so this is a love song right but the interesting thing about this song is that it might be a love song, but it's it's not exactly like a, a, a love song that is very typical. Um, it's actually one of those songs where you uh, it, there's a lot of lyrical sort of references to drugs. <laughs> I don't know how, and what else to put it, but yeah, I mean, like the song you know, makes, you know, there's, there's so many different, uh, you know, you know, terms that people use back then, you know, to, you know, when they, when they talked about drugs, like, you know, you turned me on, which is back then it was used. That was, that was, that was a way of saying you were getting high off of drugs and, uh, you know, and you were getting hooked and you were getting high on believing. I mean, it's just, you know, it's, uh, you know, it's, (laughs) It's one of those songs that uses a lot of, uh, you know, drug references, and it's one of those things where it's like, look it. I mean, you know, th- there some songs from the '60s don't necessarily hold up too well, um, you know, because we we now know that you know most drugs are not really that good for you except for weed. I mean, obviously like, you know, I'm, I'm cool with anybody that does weed. That's, that's fine. Um, you know, but we now know that most drugs aren't good for you, but back in the sixties, there was a lot of people that were promoting, you know, drugs as a good thing to use and it's, it's healthy and, you know, good for you. And I now, obviously we know better. Um, so because of this, the song might seem a little bit dated. Um, but, it's one of those things where it's like you, some songs from the 60s, you kind of had to look at it from the context of the time uh, that they were written in. But, um, you know, it's it, it's funny because I think when uh, Blue Swede covered this song, they changed some of the lyrics to get rid of some of the drug references so, you know, if you're if you're listening to this song and you're kind of shocked to hear all this stuff in the lyrics, um, well, that's because that's that's the way the songwriter originally intended the song, um, you know, and, uh, you know, that's basically like, you know, he he had those drug references in the original version of it. So, um, you know, you, I don't think you're really hearing that too much in the Blue Swede version of the song, um, but that's just the way the songwriter originally intended it. So look, I mean, I'm not promoting drug you you use drugs on the show. I really I'm not. Uh, you know, it's not something I condone, but you know, 
uh, it's one of those songs that if you kind of look past the drug references and you see this as more of an innocent love song, it becomes more relatable, actually. Um, you know, it's just uh, it just you just kind of have to sort of look past, you know, you know the 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 writer of the song utilizing uh, references to you know drug use, you know, because it was the late sixties. I mean. Not everyone at the time was aware of the fact that drugs were not good for you. You know, some people thought it was actually kind of cool to do that. You know, I mean, obviously, I, you know, I, I'm fine with anybody that uses weed, but other stuff, it's like, yeah. Um, so, yeah, I mean, you kind of have to look at this song from more of a historical perspective. Um, you know, so, I mean, because I th- I, I'm pretty sure, like, for example, in the second verse, right, um, you know, I'm pretty sure Blue Swede changed those lyrics in the second verse for because they wanted to get rid of a lot of those drug references. So, um, you know, it's one of those things where it's like, you know, if you if you if you don't like the song anymore after hearing the original version, that's fine with me. But I feel like nowadays, um, you know, people know better. But at the same time, weed is becoming more and more popular and that's a drug. So. I mean, you know, this this song might be cool, might be cool for you to listen to. Um, But yeah, so um, that kind of wraps up what the song is about lyrically. And that just kind of shows you that, you know, um, you know, this song was kind of a product of its time. uh, But that doesn't mean that, you know, young people wouldn't be able to relate to it. Um, But, you know, the thing is, is that. You know, nowadays we know better that, you know, drugs aren't very good for you. But um, that kind of concludes that. But some of the original, you know, drug lyrics are still there, like in the chorus. They didn't change that. But still, I mean, you know, they they try to disguise that a little bit with their version of the song. But, you know, one more thing about this song that's so cool musically is that is that as the melody, because the melody is really, really powerful because. The lead singer of the song gives a very soulful performance of the song. And the melody is just unbelievable because it just grabs you so much. Especially when it gets to the chorus, it's like, whoa. It just hits you with a ton of bricks. I mean, that melody is just so, uh, it's just, it's so like, you know, it's so powerful. And it's not just like a, a D, 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 D melody. It's really, really big and really, really powerful. And it's a, And this is a really cool song. Uh, you know, when it comes to that and, uh, you know, and also I, I love how they use like that, you know, they borrow from them, you know, from, uh, from the minor, you know, and the, once you're going to get to the solo section, you, and you hear that F chord in there, you know, and, uh, again, it's really, really cool song. Okay. So that concludes part one of episode number 140. That may music podcast, the millennial throwback machine. I'm Sam Williams. And if you liked my analysis on this week's song, and you've never heard this version of it before, but you know the song from the Blue Swedes version. And you, and you when you're like, wow, this is actually kind of cool. I like this version of the song. I've never heard the original version of it before, but I heard it from watching that movie, which uses the Blue Swede version of it, Guardians of the Galaxy. And you discovered it, you know, discovered this version for the first time through me, and you've heard it before, and you like to tell me what you think of my analysis and the version of the song. You can email me at Sam ltwicloud.com you can also reach out to me on instagram at iheartoldies and check out more of my original music at samwilliamsmusic.net also including in the description of this episode's podcast the ep link 
uh, you know, yes, that's right. You can check out the EP that I just put out, Turquoise Apricot, of my new original songs. The link to that is in the description of this episode of this podcast, and everything you can find are the, th- are the three are the three previous singles I put out, and you know, which are include the EP as well. And everything you can find is my recent feature in Shout Out LA Magazine. I'd love it if you guys could read that. Um, you know, and uh, also you can find my fe- recent feature in Hawk Magazine. That's really cool. Wanted to, wanted to tell you about that. Um, you know, so please go check those things out. Um, you know, also, another thing you can do is that you can find the official Spotify and YouTube playlist in the description of this episode of this podcast. And there you'll be able to find all the songs I've talked about on my show so far. And the reason why I curate these playlists is because I don't play the following version of these songs on my podcast. So if you want to hear the full thing, you you know, either have to go on YouTube and find it on my playlist or Spotify if you have Spotify. Um, you know, you can find all that stuff there. And uh, you can you can you know you can also email me at sam if you've listened to these playlists and you know and you want it and you and you have any suggestions for any songs I should do next on my podcast that I haven't yet um because that's where you're going to find all of them and that's where you're going to get a good idea for the kind of music I talk about on my show and that's how you're going to be like okay well um after hearing these songs I can think of some more but I want to email Sam and let him know what those ideas are and uh you can also um you reach out to me Instagram iheartoldies and you can find the official Spotify, I mean, sorry, the official spot, uh, the, the official Redbubble merch store for this podcast. There you'll be able to find, uh, you know, the official Millennial Throwback Machine merch, which has, you know, the catchphrase I say at the end of every episode and keep on trucking tie-dye font with the name of my podcast in the bottom. Well, love if you guys can go check that out. I would really, really appreciate it. Um, you know, if you decide to buy anything, it'll just ship right to your door. And that's another way you can support my podcast either, you know, other than just from listening to it, you can purchase something from, you know, my store, you know, I love it. If you guys can do that, that's another way you can support me and my podcast other than listening to it. Um, you know, um, but yeah, so I love, I love it. If you guys could also let me know what you think of the logo. Uh, cause I, I, you know, I'm, I'm not going to change it, but I love what you guys, I love, I love to know what you guys think of the logo, but I can change the price of each item in the store, you know, if they're too high. So please let me know what you think of that as well. Um, you know, cause I can definitely alter those, you know, but, uh, please, you know, I love to hear, love to hear what you guys think of that. And, uh, you know, keep, you know, keep, keep keep your eye out for this podcast joining pantheon because it will happen i just got to get a couple things straightened out first but i'm very very excited for that so and please go listen to my ep turquoise apricots and my james samuel williams you can find it wherever you stream your music um you know i really appreciate that okay so um i'm sam williams and thank you for joining me for this week's episode of my podcast the millennial throwback machine until next week please Keep things groovy.